some people love Shakespeare, others not so much. But a Shakespeare adaptation is always a good time. Constellation Theatre at 14th and T is featuring a musical called Desperate Measures. It's based off of Shakespeare's play Measure for Measure, but it's set in the Wild West. A gunslinging nun teams up with a sheriff and a saloon dancer to save her brother. Buy tickets now at constellationtheater.org. The show runs through March 17th. Once again, that's constellationtheater.org. Today on CityCast DC, DC could be ground zero for office distress. That is, expensive downtown office buildings sitting unused and empty. And it could have big impacts for all of us, because DC relies on office taxes for revenue. So if office values go down, well, you get it. Emily Wishengrad, reporter at BizNow, has been covering the story of what DC's office distress means for the city. Today's Wednesday, February 28th. I'm Bridget Todd, and here's what DC's talking about. So I'm going to get to our chat with Emily in just a second. But first, I really wanted to check in with CityCast CEO David Plotz for a minute about what can only be called this week's crisis in D.C. journalism. David, thank you for being here. Hey, Bridget. I don't know about you, but I was just gutted on Friday when I heard the news that WAMU was shutting DCist and laying off 15 staff members. It was just that was a blow. It was a blow. And I also think, you know, I love WAMU. As you know, it is a big critical source of local Washington news and has been for so long. And so I think the idea that a a source, like a like an outlet like that that feels so big and stable and, you know, like such a fixture that they would have, you know, the same kind of layoffs and restructuring. I don't know. Something about that was really surprising and scary to me. I know. I mean, for me, it's so personal. Back in 1994, when I was just getting started, I was at Washington City Paper. The biggest day in my young journalism career was when I was a guest on the DC Politics Hour. That was the day. And it's just so terrible. I mean, WMU will still be here. They're still going to be doing local politics, of course. But to lose DCist, which was lively and fun and just so useful, is very sad for the city. I could not agree more. And I feel like I'm really feeling that loss deeply. And I I feel like for listeners, and this is why I came on today, because you listen to CityCast, I know that you know how important local journalism is to the health of our city and our communities. And local media outlets like WMU and DCist and like CityCast keep you informed and delighted and we hold our leaders to account. But creating this kind of great, truthful local journalism is hard and it is expensive. And so I'm asking you, if you're in a position to support a local journalism outlet, please consider doing that today. And if CityCast DC is your go-to, please will you join our membership program? For just a few bucks a month, you'll get ad-free listening to Bridget on CityCast. You'll get early access to our events. And most importantly, most importantly, you're going to get the chance to help make our city a little bit better and a little bit more informed every day. Please go to membership.citycast.fm to join CityCast membership program today. That's membership.citycast.fm. Thanks, Bridget. Thanks for being here, David. 
And listeners, stick around. In just a second, we're going to get to my conversation with Emily Wishingrad. So Emily, you wrote an article back in December about how D.C. could be the new ground zero for office distress, which you can sort of think of as like massive amounts of office vacancies with nobody to fill them. Then more recently, you reported a piece about D.C.'s office values falling significantly. So I just want to start with the scope of the problem. Like, how bad is it really? Yeah, so... As we reported last month, um, and based off a number of sales we saw uh, in the past few months, DC's office buildings are selling for pretty massive decreases, um, specifically older uh, Class B and C office buildings. So older, less amenitized properties downtown are taking massive value hits. So from 30 to 40% of what they sold for even just five or six years ago. So this is already creating a problem for lenders and owners who are likely losing money as these buildings sell for deep discounts. But it's also kind of uh, a problem for DC and as tax revenues on these properties drop, DC is preparing to feel the burden of that. Uh, and in some cases has already seen that. Um, I have a few examples of just how these office properties values have fallen. So there's there's a building at 1250 I Street, so right at like Franklin Park, right downtown. That building sold um, at the end of last year for 36 million. That's a 64 percent decrease from its prior sale uh, in 2018. So those are the kinds of massive decreases that we're seeing. There was another one a few blocks over uh, that sold for $18.2 million, and that was a 70% reduction in price from its prior sale uh, in 2017. So a number of sales that we've seen, similar kinds of decreases that we've seen uh, in recent months. Wow. I guess I have to ask, like, has it ever been this bad in D.C. before? Like, even just in the last 50 years, is this a new situation? So D.C. office vacancy is at an all-time high, and it's been hitting record highs quarter after quarter uh, over the past year. So according to CBRE, uh, D.C. office vacancy was at 21.2% at the end of the year. That's higher than the national average of 18.6%. This is a pretty distressed time for D.C. because of post-pandemic shifts in how people are working remotely more than they, they did prior to COVID. But in terms of values, um, we have some numbers from Newmark from 2014. So Class B and C office buildings, so like those older office buildings downtown, the average price for those per square foot was about $429 per square foot. Compare that to 2023, that falls to $254 per square foot. So that's quite a significant decrease. And for the story the numbers that we were looking at for for some recent office sales, um, prices were down to two hundred or one hundred and fifty dollars per square foot, um, and those are expected to fall even lower as the distress continues. 
The brand new Arbor at Tacoma is built for your most convenient urban living. Whether you want to enjoy the vibrant Tacoma, D.C. community or comfortably retreat into a sleek sanctuary all your own. The kitchens have striking dark navy and white cabinets, and throughout the home, there are wood floors and smart home technology. Some homes even have a private outdoor space. With a quick walk to the metro, you can easily head into downtown or stay close and enjoy the retail that's on-site. Located at 218 Cedar Street Northwest, the Arbor Tacoma offers brand new one- and two-bedroom condos starting in the upper 300,000s. Visit thearborattacoma.com for more information. That's Tacoma with a K. So T-H-E-A-R-B-O-R-A-T-T-A-K-O-M-A.com. I mean, I would imagine that there is a national issue happening with these kinds of buildings. But I wonder, is there something unique that is happening in D.C. specifically? So D.C. is kind of disproportionately impacted by this distress of commercial properties. D.C. is a city that has a relatively small population, but a large amount of commercial properties. So when these commercial buildings take value decreases and they're selling for 40%, 30% of their last sale price, that's going to have an outsized impact on D.C.'s tax revenues compared to a lot of other cities. D.C. is also impacted because we have the Height Act, so most buildings can't rise more than 13, 14 stories, and that limits the amount of income that owners can get on their properties uh, from tenants. Thinking about this crisis of business and office real estate, are there ripple effects that are happening with this lower occupancy rate in D.C.? Like, are we seeing impacts of that in other ways? So, yeah, as there are fewer people coming into work, there are also side effects of that. So with the Metro, for example, fewer people are coming into work, fewer people are taking those journey to work trips on the metro. That means uh, less revenue, you know, for the public transportation. Also, we think about things like downtown sales taxes, uh, fewer people spending money at coffee shops or convenience stores downtown or restaurants or bars after work. So those kinds of things are connected to decreases in foot traffic downtown stemming from fewer people coming into the office every day. Whenever we're talking about like downtown, like what can we do to get people downtown? I always have to also think about my own behavior as a DC resident. And I wonder if it's the same for you that, you know, you're writing about what's happening with these office spaces and how it's impacting the way that DC feels. But do you personally find yourself like spending time downtown if you're not going there for a specific reason? Like, has it changed your behavior just as a DC resident? Yeah, so I, I do go into the office near Metro Center multiple days a week just so I can engage with my editors. Uh, and kind of like that face-to-face time is really crucial, especially in journalism. So I enjoy that. And I, I, you know, I find myself going out to bars and restaurants after work. Prior to COVID, I was going in to the office every day. Um, and so my behavior has changed. But, you know, downtown still has restaurants, bars, parks, cultural events, kind of things that draw D.C. residents downtown. So yeah, this past weekend, I went to a restaurant downtown. I took the metro. So there still are things to do downtown. And and that's part of the city's push to kind of reimagine 
the downtown area post this kind of office distress. DC is really thinking about how to re-envision uh, a mixed-use downtown area. So uh, there are people living there, there are people working there, there are people going to events there. Uh, and that's kind of part of DC's push right now. So it sounds like DC government is thinking about this, doing things about this, but is there anything standing in the way of the city, you know, doing a bunch of conversions? That is on DC's radar. DC has implemented a 20-year tax abatement for owners that want to change their properties from commercial or office to residential. So DC is trying to implement an incentive for owners to do this. Conversions are difficult. Office buildings are designed very differently than residential buildings in terms of the lighting, in terms of floor layouts, in terms of plumbing. And so conversions take a lot of time and a lot of money to transform these buildings. And so they are possible. There are a handful that are underway uh, and financing is difficult right now when we think about recent uh, interest rate increases and construction costs. So they're doable and they're getting done, but it's going to take time. Well, speaking of finances, is D.C. financially equipped to handle this severe of a hit during this transition period? Like, how is this impacting D.C.'s bottom line? Yeah, so, I mean, the good news for D.C. is that the city seems pretty well equipped to handle this kind of distress. I talked to a fellow at the Brookings Institution, um, Tracy Haddon Lowe, and she said that D.C.'s been pretty fiscally responsible for at least the last two decades. We just got new numbers from D.C.'s financial report from 2023, and the city did see a revenue increase from 2022 to 2023 uh, of $130 million. So that is a positive, you know, in terms of overall revenue. That comes from factors like hospitality and sales leading to strong sales revenue, uh, which was particularly strong last year, um, even in the wake of this kind of commercial distress. And I know that D.C. is meant to be releasing the annual tax assessments on March 1st. What's the significance of those? So March 1st is when D.C. will send out its assessment notices to owners telling them how much uh, the city's assessors believe their properties are worth and how much in taxes they will be expected to pay. Those owners can appeal uh, those values. And this year, it's especially expected to be a, a hard-fought kind of appeals process between owners and the city, um, as owners have seen these steep devaluations on office buildings. Owners may have lost tenants or have lost square footage, and their incomes may have gone down. So owners are expected to contest these assessments to the tune of 30, 40, even 50% value uh, reductions. We'll see how this plays out, but but as those assessments decrease, that means even less you know, tax revenue for the city. Emily, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. 
that's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, share it with your favorite downtowner. We'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then.